Well, okay, I'm in. Say it with me. Okay, I'm in. All right. So every one of you that uh, texts that fast word to the church, you're in on this. All right. So no going back. Let's just set our minds and move forward by the goodness and grace of God. So today, I'm going to be speaking basically to two groups of people. But number one, if you've never been born again, I'm challenging you to say, this day, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to say yes to God. Uh, For the first time in my life, I'm going to surrender to him. And I challenge you to 10 years from now, you'll be able to look back and say, I gave my life to Christ on this Sunday in January 2021. And then I'm going to be speaking to many that uh, maybe you're not even aware of it. Uh, and I know that there's some probably in the building that you you love God, but you, you moved away uh, possibly from that first love. And so we're going to go to the scripture and all of us are going to commit as we enter this journey of 21 days and beyond. This is really just the launching pad for the days ahead, this 21 days. But uh, we want to come back to that first love. Every one of us in the building say amen. All right. Now let's go to Revelation and read what it says in chapter 2, verse uh, 1 and verse 4. It's about the church at Ephesus. All right. So John, the apostle of Christ, he is writing these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So he says, to the angel, which is the overseer or the pastor in leadership at the church of Ephesus. And he writes, nevertheless, verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you that you, the church in Ephesus, had left their first love. They had left their first love. But when we read in verse 4, nevertheless, well, let's talk about what that refers to because In verse 2 of Revelation 2, here is what he says about the church in Ephesus. He says, you're hard workers, you have patience, you won't tolerate evil, you vetted those that said they were apostles and found them liars, you have persevered. In verse 3, then the second mention of patience, boy, this church had patience. They were diligent workers who did not grow weary. And then, in verse 6, it says that they hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. I don't know if this is where the Nicolaitans came from, but this is, they hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. What was that? Now, notice, it said they hated their deeds. It didn't say they hated them. We can hate what people do. We can hate their sin and its effect on them and others, but we don't hate them. Say amen. That's a good place. All right. So Nicolaitans, it was a heretical group that came out of the early church that lived a life of unrestrained indulgence. All right, they uh, were of those that said, well, the scripture says where uh, sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. Well, we want grace to abound, so we're going to sin a lot so that grace can abound. 
Now, of course, that's absurd and ridiculous and unbiblical because grace abounds to wash away the sin, not for the person to continue to repeat the sin. All right, so, excuse me. If someone came to me and said, hey, I know this church, they are faithful workers, they hate evil, they, they won't tolerate those that are liars, I mean, uh, they, are not, they don't get weary, I would have said, praise God forever. What an incredible church. But God said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. What is he talking about? He is saying you're doing all these good things and that's good, but you're doing and you're not being. You're doing, but you're not being in the midst of your doing. You are not spending time with me. You have lost uh, or left what we first had. How many of you remember when you first gave your life to Christ? How many of you remember that day? Oh, it was a glorious day. It was a wonderful day for me. I was only 19 years old. Anybody else get saved at 19? Anybody else? Boy, that was a bad age for getting saved here, all right? So anyway, a couple of you out there. How many of you got saved after 19? All right, there's a bunch of you. How many of you got born again before 19? Wow, okay, you sure about that? All right, anyway, uh, how many of you are not saved? All right, so you need to get saved today, okay? But, and uh, remember how it was. At 19, I, I had a little mini crisis in my life. I had some thoughts of suicide, and then I looked up, and right down the road was a little country church, and I got out of the car, went down there, went in right by myself. The doors weren't locked. There was nothing to steal, and so I went in, fell on my face before God, cried out to God, asked his forgiveness of my sins and my life. That was a mess, and Jesus Christ came into my life, changed me radically right there in that 30 or so minutes I was in that building, radically. And uh, I got up. I walked in there devastated, hurt, in pain, angry, depressed, and I walked out happy, in love with Jesus, and filled with love for others. Uh, I went home, hugged my mother, and I was crying, and she said, what'd you do, boy? What'd you do? And uh, she thought I did something bad, but it was good. And I went to my younger brother, tried to hug him. He's like, what are you doing? I was not the emotional type at that point. And uh, so anyway, God so revolutionized my life. It was wonderful. At night, uh, someone gave me uh, uh, the Bible on album, all right? How I many of you, re no, you've never even seen some of those, all right? But uh, on album, and I would listen to it going to sleep at night. I mean, praise and worship, it was like heaven on earth. Uh, it wasn't something I just did. It was something I experienced, uh, and it was glorious. Don't ever lose it, folks. Don't ever walk away from it. Don't ever walk away from that first love. Well, it happens in relationships, or it can. Let's, uh, let's talk about those of you that are married for a moment. Now, listen, I don't want to leave the singles out. Uh, I pray to God that one day, if your, your desire is to get married, God sends you the right person. For those of you that 
have been divorced, let me tell you, don't you ever hold your head down. You look up, you uh, praise God. There are things all of us have done that we wouldn't do again. You've heard enough uh, in your life. So you just choose to serve God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. But now to those of you that are married, all right? So remember your first love. Remember? Oh, yes, remember. I do. I, I do. I, uh, this, I looked up on a Wednesday night. Here comes this blonde. We didn't have very many good-looking girls. Here comes this blonde. I'm like, whoa, who's this? All right. So anyway, and uh, so, it, you know, you remember too. You, you know what? Husbands and wives, uh, when they first met, they do. Then they fell in love. They love looking at each other. They just look at each other. When you see them, it's like, oh. They love talking to each other. Remember when we talked for hours? Remember, okay. And so, remember. And then, they love being with each other. They made each other happy. They easily forgive each, gave each other. When one said something that was negative about themselves, maybe the guy said, I need to tell you this before we get any more involved. My feet stink terrible. And you're like, I don't care. I love stinky feet. I love it. You have no problem. Anything they throw out there, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Your mother comes to you. Honey, I'm concerned about this. Mom, don't worry about it. God and me are going to take care of him. All right, so I, I love him. I will overcome this. And so you easily forgive. You love touching each other. I'm talking about holding hands there. All right, so anyway, then the years pass by. Five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, maybe. And I hear, out of, I hear out of people's mouths, I just don't love them anymore. I just don't love them anymore. What in the, where'd you lose it? Where is it? Where did you leave it? Did you leave your love sitting on a shelf somewhere? Put it out in the garage? Where is it? Where is it? God said, remember. Maybe today's a good time to remember. Now it's been 10 years, and he takes his shoes off, and you're like, dear God, have mercy. Do something, would you please? Now it's a whole different story. You never talk. You never look at them. One time we went out to eat at a restaurant and, you know, it's easy to get on your phones. Even at a restaurant, it's a couple, you know, you're sitting there married. You're, what? I'll text you, okay? And so uh, put the phone down and one time I was just looking at Alice. She said, oh. I'm like, what? You're just looking at me. I'm like, well, heaven's sakes. That didn't take much. I'll just look at her a little more. And so... I mean, we, for, we forget sometimes how, we, how it was. We forget. But I'm telling you, you can still find it again. I said you can still find it again. You can go back and you can do what the Bible says. Well, let's go to verse 5 and read it. It says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Oh, remember, remember. Remember how it was on that day you gave your life to Christ. Remember what you felt, how you praised God, the closeness, the love, the devotion. Oh, you couldn't. I mean, it was incredible. 
Absolutely phenomenal. Remember when you first met him, first met her. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. Maybe that's where we get, I fell in love. All right, so from where you have fallen, some of you people, they fell in love and then they fell out of love. They repent and do the first works. Change your ways. Change what you're doing. Start looking at her again. Start looking at her. Start talking to her again like we did at the beginning. Start embracing her again like you did at the beginning. I mean, let, uh, let something happen in your life by your own actions of remembering and doing things over again and changing your mind. Well, our first love for God when we met him, I met him, I fell hard. I fell hard in love with Jesus. But I want to let you know, the journey that we get on in life, sometimes, sometimes we pull over even in our relationship with God, sometimes we just stop. Don't move forward. Sometimes we take a detour off the beaten path that God has for us. Here's some possible evidences that we have left our first love for God. Let me give them to you. I'm gonna reduce them to about seven, so I'll go through them quickly. When my delight, number one, when my delight in the Lord is no longer as great, is my delight in someone or something else. I have left my first love. Jesus is meant to be. He is Lord of lords and King of kings. He is number one. Say amen. He's number one. Mark chapter 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. All your heart. Number two. When my soul does not long for times of rich fellowship in God's word or in prayer. I have left my first love. In other words, we've stopped reading the word. We're not in the word anymore. It's not the same richness like it was. And uh, just remembering with that old album with Alexander Scorby, an incredible orator, reading the word at night, speaking it in me, listening to it till I drifted into sleep. How incredible. Don't stop reading the word or hearing the word. All right, and Mark chapter 12, and you shall love the Lord with all your soul, with all your soul. Number three, when my thoughts during leisure time never reflect upon the Lord, I have left my first love. When my thoughts during leisure moments never reflect upon the Lord, I've left my first love. You hardly ever think about God anymore. You ever, hardly ever think about his goodness. When you show up at church, yes. But when you leave this place, you, you, he's just on, on the side of our lives. But that's the last thing God wants. God wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of us, regardless of where we are. He says in Mark 12, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, he says. In Psalm 10, verse 4, it says, God is in none of his thoughts. He doesn't think about God. That's an indicator. We've lost or left our first love. Number four, when you make excuses for sin and easily give in to those things which you know displease the Lord, 
you have left your first love. When we easily say, well, uh, you know, uh, God understands, or I know what the word says, but there, there's too many people in the kingdom of God saying that kind of thing. I know what the word says, but. All right, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my, what? Commandments. And then, number five. He says, when I do not willingly and cheerfully give to God's work or the needs of others, I have left my first love. Now, let me tell you something about that story of when I got born again, saved. Uh, Christ washed away my sins. The first thing I did, I, I praised him. I thanked him when I got up off that floor crying out to God. I praised him. I thanked him. But then I was prompted by the Holy Spirit. It had to be. I was prompted by God to take out my billfold and do something tangible. I took it out and every bit of money I had in there, I put it in an offering plate, wrote a note on this day, I gave my life to Christ uh, and uh, left the money and the plate there. I hope nobody broke, broke in and stole my money. But anyway, it uh, was the first uh, impression of the spirit I had other than to praise him was to give. And so I challenge you today to be a giver. You love God so much that you are a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, the Bible says, but a, uh, a cheerful giver loves God. I said a cheerful giver loves God. And uh, I want to challenge you. I know 2020 was a difficult year for so many people, and it gave this church an opportunity to literally help thousands of people in so many ways. But I want you to understand something. God's word is true. Whether a pandemic is going on or regardless of it, if it gets worse, it doesn't matter. God's word is God's word and it does not change and it's not going to change. In other words, in other words, I want you to be blessed. This church is doing fine overall, thank God, but I want you to be blessed. I don't want some of you to be blessed. I want all of you to be blessed financially. I want you to see miracles financially in your life. And I know what the word says, and it says if you don't sow, you don't reap. And I want every one of you listening online, I want you to reap. That's why earlier, if this is your church, you should have given online earlier. You don't reap if you don't sow. I grew up on a farm. I didn't look out on the field and say, you know what? I sure hope that field produces a harvest this year and we haven't done anything. Of course not. We're going to get out there, plow the field, plant the corn, and let it take care of it, whatever, fertilize it, and then harvest it and sell it and make some money. Well, it's the same way. I think too many Christians are sitting over here waiting for a harvest and not sowing any seed. Now, that's not very smart. Sow some seed, folks. I had a relative years ago that she was complaining, I don't have any money, we're broke, uh, uh, and I'm like, are you tithing? No, we can't afford to tithe. Uh, uh, and she said, I only got $50 left. I said, well, let me make a suggestion. 
why don't you just give the $50 to the Lord and uh, you're broke anyway. Just go ahead and then you'll be totally broke. Give it to the Lord. See what he can do with it. And uh, you aren't very, you're, you're not doing a very good job of it, all right? So let him help and give him a chance to work in your life. That's a good, amen? All right, number six. When I cease to treat every Christian brother or sister as I would the Lord and have pulled back from friends who are pursuing God, I have left my first love. Oh, John chapter 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, stop. Look at it. A new commandment I give to you that you love all these other people as I have loved you. How much did he love us? He died for us. All right, I want everybody's willing to die for somebody to come up. I'm, all right, I'm kidding. All right, so, but look what the analogy is there. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Wow. Now, let me jump to for, uh, eight, guys. Number eight. Um, it is this. When I am unable to forgive another for offending me, I'm, in other words, I'm easily offended. I have left my first love. The, the most terrifying thing, so I believe there are many, but one of the most terrifying things I hear uh, from believers on occasion is I just can't forgive them. And I'm like, I go into shock. I'm like, I, I know you have been horribly hurt. I know you, you, you've gone through more than I would ever realize, but you don't have a choice to forgive. You don't have a choice. Now, what you do, but you don't, all right? So as a believer, you're going to walk in the first love. You don't have a choice you got to forgive. It doesn't matter what it is. I recently spoke to a good man, and he said somebody had hurt him so horribly, horrible. And he said, I, you know, I just told him what I thought. I said, no, now you got to forgive them. you got to ask their forgiveness of that. All right, but I'm still going to tell them what I think first, and then I'll ask them to forgive me. And I'm like, no, think about this for a moment. Jesus didn't hang on the cross and look at those who had crucified him and said, I just want you to know, I can't stand you. You hurt me bad. Uh, I'm the king of kings and Lord, and you crucified me, but I'm going to forgive you. You're, you're scum of the earth, but I'm going to forgive you. No. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. They didn't even know who he was. They didn't, had no idea. One day they're going to stand before this one they crucify. That's why he's saying, Father, I love them, even though they've just crucified me. Father, forgive them. God, it's not about the pain I'm going through. It's about forgiveness in their lives. Wow. The example of Christ, incredible. Forgive people, folks. Now, have you ever wanted to go on a road trip? Just get in the car and go somewhere. Uh, just, you know, maybe you and the family. So we're going to go somewhere. We don't, we don't even know where. We're just going to start driving. Or maybe you planned out a trip to go somewhere. You're all excited about it. And uh, this is, now think about this for a minute, because uh, we're about to get uh, ourselves involved on a road trip. 
spiritually. All right, so we're starting tomorrow the 21 days of fasting and prayer and drawing near to God and reading the word, all right? Focusing on our relationship with God. It's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be so good you don't even fully understand how good it's gonna be. But uh, years ago in college, uh, we were nearing the Christmas break and I had a friend, Rod Troyer, uh, who came to me and he said, hey, uh, I'm gonna go uh, on a trip and uh, here's my plan. I'm going to ask people in the school along, that live along the way if we can stay with them and, uh, at their house, and then we'll make a whole round trip of it. And I'm, when I heard this, I thought, this is brilliant, incredible road trip. We don't pay a hotel. Uh, we get free food at their houses. Hopefully, they'll feed us. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm in. Who wouldn't be? For heaven's sake, I didn't have anything better to do. So he had a little car about uh, this size, literally, a little Datsun. And I mean, it hardly burned any gas at all. And we got in that little car, took off during the Christmas break. And I had no idea what awaited me. Just like you have no idea what awaits you on this spiritual journey. I had no idea. I, I, I felt good about it, but I, I had no, no comprehension of all that was going to happen. We drove up to Alabama, stayed with a friend. They fed us. And uh, then we drove on up to Ohio to his sister's house. She lived on a horse ranch. And we sat there in front of the fireplace. It was December, snowing. Looked outside, saw the horses running in the Oh, my God. It was like heaven. And, uh, and it was free. She fed us. We didn't even pay her anything. We didn't have any money. All right. So anyway, and we stayed there a few days. Then we took off to Rochester, New York. Stayed with a friend there. They fed us. And, and they did everything but tuck us into bed at night. All right. It was fabulous. We got out of the house that night when we got there after dinner and uh, went to the Niagara Falls, walked out there in the snow, kind of climbed over a fence we weren't supposed to. Anyway, and so it was just really, thank God I'm, I'm here to tell the story and not over the falls, but it was great. Then we drove to New York and they had, I mean, uh, he had just a table full of food, New York food. They're waiting on us. And we ate and ate and ate. Finally, uh, we went over to West Virginia into the mountains, and thank God those West Virginia people can cook. And we stayed there, took a hike up in the mountain. It was glorious. I had no idea all that I was going to experience by just simply saying, okay, I'm in. I want to go. I want to go with you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what all is going to uh, I'm going to experience, but I want you to know, I'm in. And so, we got in that little car and took off. Now, let me tell you something about this car that really is an illustration of the spiritual journey we're on. Uh, got my two horsepower back there? All right, so <laughs> hold on, guys. I'm going to stay here a minute. <laughs> This rear view mirror, you see how tiny that is? I believe that illustrates a spiritual lesson to us that when we're cruising through life following God, we've got a small little mirror there. I believe God puts it there so that we can just glance every once in a while and thank God we're not back there where we were. 
Thank God we're not in 2020 anymore. We can look back and see 2020, but we're thanking God we're not there. And we're thanking God he's going to take us through this year regardless of what happens. Now, time to get on the road. And the horsepower and the manpower. All right, so these guys, can we trust them? All right. Okay, guys, we're coming to an edge here. Keep going a little more. All right. Don't push me over. I want to tell you something. Where are you going? All right, so <laughs> my horsepower left. Okay. Let me say something to you all. This is about a journey, yes, a spiritual drive through life. But it's about going back to that first love. It's about not all the doing. We, that's fine and good. God appreciates all that, and I do too. But it's about being and returning. Do you understand, and I missed this earlier, when Paul wrote to and wrote the book of Ephesians, he said, I've heard about your love for God, your faith in God, and your love for everybody else. Paul wrote to them and said, your love for God and your love for others has blessed me and I thank God for it. But now some 43 years later, after Paul praising them for their love, 43 or so years later, here's John. God says, John, write to him. Tell him, you're doing good in your works. You're faithful. You don't tolerate liars. You don't, you don't like evil. You don't like those that say that you should indulge in, in everything. And No, you've got a lot of good. But nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Remember, repent, or change your ways, and do what you first did. I believe entering into an intimacy with God. Listen, you say, Pastor, on your spiritual journey from 19 years old, did you ever leave your first love? You know, we can rejoice when we look back and we can also look in that little mirror and say, my God, my God, you've been so much better to me, God, than I've been to you. God, there have been times, for whatever reason, took a little detour. There have been times, God, that the pain someone caused me, caused me to just give up momentarily. I don't know where you are. I don't even know if you walked in this building aware that you may have left your first love. The Holy Spirit is here to touch you. He loves you. 
He's not pointing out your faults. Others might be, but he's not pointing out your faults. He's drawing you to himself to where you're going to cry easy once more. You're going to praise not just something you're doing, something you're experiencing and the relationship. Oh, you're in awe of the goodness of God. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, first of all, the greatest miracle that could happen in this place is for a man or a woman that has never experienced you and your forgiveness to come to you and experience, oh God, they have no idea. They have no idea of the incredible plans and journey you have prepared for them. And Lord, I pray for every person here that, oh God, there's some areas that they need to remember and they need to change by your grace and help, and they need to turn back to you with all their heart. I pray in Jesus' name, your will be done. Stand with us, please, everyone standing. Please, if you would, just remain standing, and we'll dismiss in a few moments, but give us a few more moments, please, please. Pastor John, in a moment, is going to lead us in a chorus. It's an appropriate chorus. Um, I don't know, like I said, where you're at. God does. And I know that many of you, your heart has been stirred to say, boy, I remember how I was and how it was when I first came to Christ. God, um, Lord, I'm, I'm walking in that again. I'm going to choose to walk in that again. When Christ saved me and you, all of our sins were washed away. Cannot God do the same for a man or woman that may have picked up a little dust along the journey of life? Cleanse us, wash us the same as we were when that first happened. He's going to lead us in this course, and if you need Christ, I want to challenge you. Make your way to this altar area. We want to pray with you. And if you have some other need in your life, I'm, I'm not going to spell it all out. I'm just going to say you've got some other need in your life. Maybe you need a physical healing. I don't know. Maybe you need a marital healing. Maybe your marriage needs to go back to its first love. Maybe there's a financial need and you come and say, God, I'm going to help me. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to start sowing seed. Whatever it is, step out and come. We want to experience God this morning. Yes, God. Jesus, no turning back. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't hesitate. You feel free. Make your way to this altar. Many of you in this building, God's prompting your heart right now to come. God's speaking to your life to make your way to this front. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus. 
21 and a half days I start this journey now by the grace of God these altars are still open Pastor John's going to come and pray you feel free even afterwards to come please Father in Jesus name thank you Lord God for your presence here thank you for speaking to our hearts today and God we do want you to know that we are turning to you Lord God some are turning for the first time and some are returning Lord God but we are putting our sights on you Lord God our hearts are on you and on your will for our lives God as we leave this place help us God lead us guide us every moment of every day Lord God to make the decisions that will glorify you to do the things that will bring you pleasure Lord God and I pray in Jesus name that God as we do so you'll continue to bless my brothers and my sisters every family under the sound of my voice God and under your leadership of your Holy Spirit we honor you we thank you and bless you for an awesome week to come in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you church we love you so much hope to see you again very soon those of you joining us online today if you gave your life to Jesus Christ for the first time why don't you text the word saved to the number that's on your screen. We'd love to get you some information that'll be a blessing to you as you walk forward. We love you. Hope to see you again very soon. Take care.